Established in 2020, the Authors Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, the Authors Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join the Authors Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you into your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine. The Authors Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, the Authors Porch connects writers with the service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the Authors Porch where we turn the spotlight on you and have those conversations that matter. Today we are here with Tina Hogan Grant. How are you doing, Tina? I'm doing really good. Thank you. It is so nice to finally get to have a conversation with you since I am all up in your group. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So guys, I'm going to give you an introduction and then we're going to have this fantastic conversation with Tina because I I'm all over her group. Trust me. I, <laughs> you are. I, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about that because okay. I've been all over that. So um, Tina Hogan Grant is award-winning author, born in England, moved to the United States in 1979. After moving to California, she became a commercial fisherwoman and spent 10 years fishing off the Southern coast of California with her husband, Gordon. And when they retired from fishing, they moved to a small community in California where they built by hand that fantastic house that I have been fangirling about every time I watch her show A Cup and a Natter. Uh, Tina writes suspense romance with strong female characters and her Better Endings book won a gold medal medal for best fiction adventure in 2020. So Tina, welcome to the show. I have been waiting to talk to you for a long time. So I'm excited to have you here and find so much more about you. Um, so yes, guys, I want to tell you because I've been doing all of her puzzles because they are my Tina's puzzles are my mental health break. Her book nook pictures, my mental health break. All the puzzle, all the other puzzles. Basically, her group is my mental health break. So, if you're not I, a member, go ahead. I'm sorry, no, but I hear that a lot. They come in here and they say the puzzles are so relaxing. <laughs> they are, and you have this cultivated group of people that are just a bunch of folks and they're just relaxing and like I picture like a room of us just hanging out and laughing, doing some puzzles and it's not about business and leveling up and all this other stuff. It's about reading good books mm -hmm. and yeah, like I feel at home there kind of like basically when I see your house right there, I'm like, we, we could all be sitting right around the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I started the group, it's called Read More Books. It's going to be a reflection of me because it is my group. I am an author. Yes, it's going to have books in there and recommendations and news about my books, but I also wanted it to show my personality. And one of the things I love to do is puzzles. I am a puzzle fiend. And I love word puzzles, number puzzle, word search, jigsaw puzzle, any kind of puzzle, I'm there. And that's a part of me. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put a couple in and see how they do while well, the group just went crazy. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And it, it's serious. Like those times people will be yeah. putting those times on there. And I'm like, yeah. man, I gotta, I gotta beat so-and-so they won yesterday. I and know, I'm like, oh, I'm oh, I beat my time. And if for whatever reason, Facebook, cause I still do my posts. I'm not in, the, I mean, I'm, you'll usually find me live in the group. My mm -hmm. time I'm in California after five o'clock during the day is my work time and my post is scheduled. So I'm not in there much during the day, but there's enough activity that the group is constantly busy. There's constant activity with the puzzles, like you mentioned, and uh, the yay and nays and things like that in the post. And I'm com I'll am come in after my work's done. But with the puzzles, if for whatever reason, Facebook doesn't show my post, my message will go off. Tina, where's the puzzle? Tina, the noontime puzzle is not here. Oh, like, oh my God. God. <laughs> You have like a whole business just on those puzzles. Yeah. They're just like, it's like they're waiting for that noon hour to strike. And then I've added another one at four o'clock now. And that one is basically, I'm not sure if you've seen that one, it's the insight puzzle. And that one just gives you more insight on me and my books. And it might be a jigsaw puzzle of a certain scene from one of my books with a little excerpt. Or it'll be a photograph from me, from my life, or a photograph that is actual based on a part of the book. So it's more of an insight onto my work and my life. The other one is just fun puzzles. Whatever comes to mind, I'll throw up there because it looks like a great puzzle. And then the word puzzles, they come on in the morning at 6. Because i got to remember, I'm in California, so I'm three hours behind everybody, it seems like. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so anyways, it's, but no, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I wanted the group to be a little bit different than just a regular book club. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of uh, groups out there where you can just go in there and post 100% about books. I wanted this to be a variety of books, fun, games, get to know me. And that's kind mm -hmm. of what I think I've achieved. And and you really have because, you know, I, I join a bunch of different groups because I want to learn about authors, the author journey, just I want to connect with people in an online environment, because I've been very open about social anxiety and how just the close proximity just uh, it's not my thing. So this is my world. Um, but I still want to have that closeness that other people have. So I join a lot of different things and books is my thing. I love books. Right. I love the author journey. I love talking to people. Um, but I leave a lot of them because it just becomes this nitpicky or it becomes self-promotion. It becomes yeah. nobody talks, but um, your group and another one of the ones that I'm still in because it's that organic, you feel like you're just hanging out amongst friends and it's, yeah. it's a lovely group. It really is. So I commend yeah. you for the Thank ecosystem you. that you've cultivated in there because it's so much fun. And when I found out that I won, um, the 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 swag from uh your books i was like no way i didn't even know i was entering how cool is this so my husband brings me the envelope i'll tell you the little story he brings yeah. me the envelope and he was like what is this someone sent you something from california and i saw it and i was like oh, it's my swag <laughs> So I open it and my, my magnets are on the refrigerator, of course. Oh, and, and then of course I had to go and download the books and I was like, I've got to read these. I've got to get all into it and all of everything. And it was, it was just surreal because I thought that is super smart. Like I never even thought of things like that. You know, as authors, you're always finding ways to connect with your audience. Yeah. And I think that you have a great connection with your audience. Well, thanks. I try. Yeah. 
And yeah. you know, people ask me, do you have a business card? Well, my business card is my bookmark, bookmarks yeah. because those are things you're going to use and you're going to pick up every day. Well, I hope you are. And you're yeah. going to put them in your book and you're going to look at it every day and it'll be reminded, oh, yeah, I remember that author. So I wanted to use not just a regular biscuit card that goes in my wallet and I forget about it. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that I can give to my readers that, okay, it's on their fridge. They're going to see it every day. A bookmark, they're going to see it every day or when they read the book. So those are my business cards. And as you've got the swag. You see that all my links are on there and my website. So yeah. that's what I use the business cards. And, you know, I do a giveaway every week. Um, it's not always the same thing. And that people love that too. And that's another way of me to connect to But, yeah, it's all about a community, a connection. And I try and make a point of being in that group every single day. And whether it be for a post, a personal post, or just commenting, they know that I'm actually there. Not just, here's all the posts, I'll see you in a week. I'm actually there every day, interacting with the readers. And when there's the post every day, I'll go in and comment at the end of the, at the, end of the day, if I can. Most of the time yeah. I do. <laughs> you know, and I, I find a lot of authors don't realize that if you want to connect with your audience and sell more books and become you know, an author who sells a lot of books and who understands the market, you have to be where the readers are, you have to connect with them. And, and I love that you're so connected, and you're willing to understand what your readers like, what they don't like, because then you're going to be able to write and write those books the way that one, that they are meant to be written, and two, kind of understand the reader's brains and how they're going to react to those as well. Mm -hmm. So I just, I find, I find what you do fascinating and I, and I like mm -hmm. that you're so connected. So, but I do have one question for you sure. because another thing very much fascinates me. You left England in 1979 to move to the United States, whereas most of us would move to England. <laughs> I've actually been coming here way before then. I've been coming here since like 12. My, my mother and father divorced. My dad was also an author. And he got a contract with uh, Delray Publishers. And he moved out to Boston, Massachusetts. So every summer since I was 12, I've been coming to the States for my holidays, as you call it, the vacation time from school. And I spent six weeks here every single year. And I always wanted to live in the States. Just a 12-year-old wanting to be in the big USA. And I loved it here. I just loved it here. Um, but my dad said, no, you're going to have to finish all your schooling in England. Mm -hmm. he, he liked the English schools. He's adamant about me doing all my schooling in England, so that's what I did. In England, I graduated at 16. That's the year to graduate. I think it's changed now, but when I was there, it was 16. And I worked a couple of years in England, and then my dad came out for one of my sister's weddings and said, all right, if you want to go, this is now the time. So I just, in a week, packed everything, sold everything, and Moved to the USA with my dad. But okay. it was just something I've been wanting to do since I was 12. And I just, for me, I grew up in England, a small little quaint little town. Um, but it was, I'm going to say, boring for a 12-year-old. I mean, I had the moors, the countryside. But when you come to the States, it's just like, wow. You know, your eyes are wide and it's all about opportunities and things mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, when I, was, when I was able to, I jumped on board and here I am. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, I think your dad was extremely wise to have you get your schooling in England because we lived in um, England for three years, me and my, oh, my two did? kids. Yeah. We were in the Cotswolds over in Fairford, okay. Kempsford and Swindon, that area. And my kids went to Kempsford primary school for the three years that we were there. And when we moved back to the States, they wanted to put my daughter in a grade ahead of where she needed to be academically because in England they were teaching them stuff a whole year ahead of where the kids in the States were being taught. But um, maturity wise, she wasn't there. <laughs> like, yeah. so they were like, no, we're going to leave her in this grade because she's not mature enough, but academically like she needs she to was. be in, she was supposed to be in the third or she was her age. She was in the second grade, but academically she was uh, third grade level, what she was being taught in England. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, good. back in the time when my dad told me that, I didn't appreciate it. But now, oh. looking back, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I went to school in England. I put my son through school here in, in America, and I ended up pulling him out of high school. He mm -hmm. was doing really well. He was in a magnet school, but there was no magnet school for the high school. So I put mm -hmm. him in a regular high school, and all of a sudden, his math started just going downhill. So I had a conference with the teacher. And she told me, well, I have 48 kids in my class. I don't know who your child is. I'm like, how can you even teach if you don't even know who you're teaching? That's and scary. now you have 47. And I homeschooled him. I, wow. you, know, you know, that's what I had to do. So, but no, I'm, what, what I'm adamant for is uniforms. I spent my whole school years wearing uniforms. I'm sure your children did too. They do. And I and just love kids dressing in uniforms. You're dressing for a purpose. You're dressing to go learn. And there's no, you know, rivalry or competition. Well, he's got Nikes. I should have Nikes too. And just stuff like that. So I wish schools here would just put everyone in uniforms. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I loved it when they had it. There was no... The kids didn't feel less of a person because yeah. of the clothes that they wore. There wasn't the social standing. Mm -hmm. oh, we could go on for ages about yeah. that, Tina. I know, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, excuse me. So you can't give any spoilers because your books are on, on my Kindle. So I have, okay. don't give me any spoilers, please. I which, did you buy, which one did you buy? The Tammy Mello series or the Sabella series? Oh, my gosh. Jill, the one okay, with Jill. Okay, the Sabella series. Okay. Jill, the Sabella series. Yeah, yeah, because there's two different series. The yeah. ones that you bought, I'm going to just warn you, it's a little bit steamy. But okay. it's not over the top. It's not erotica. Okay. It's, there's a great story to it. And if you took out the steamy parts, you still have a great story. Okay. It's, there's no, It's not over the top, and there's not a lot of it. But just a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no surprises now. <laughs> Give us the premise of that series and what what inspired you to write it. When I start, okay, when I started the Sabella series, my plan was to just write one book. I was on some downtime uh, from my other series, the Tammy Mello series, and book two was with the editor. So I had this free time waiting for the editor, you know, to do her work. Oh, I'll write a short story or make it a steamy one. And, um, you know, that way I'll have another book out. Well, it turns out after I finished that book, I knew that this was going to be a series. I just knew it because every, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before, but every character, you know, talks to me. And uh, they were all screaming, why don't I get a book? I need a book too. And <laughs> so do I. And so do I. So Sabella, um, it's this one right here. This is Slater. 
That's mm -hmm. one that's right here. And this is book one. It's supposed to be just a quick book to write while I was waiting for my editor. And in here, you meet all the characters. You know, Slater, Sabella, Jill, all the other characters. And it's a steamy romance with suspense. But what I like to write about, too, is the, the uh, characters of strong women. I love my books yeah. to have strong women know what they want, aren't afraid to let it be known. And in this one, it does a lot of twists and turns. It takes place in San Diego. And the reason why that is because I love San Diego. I don't live near San Diego. I've been there many times. And it's just a great place for a romance to develop. So you have the romance. You have the suspense. There's a little bit of thriller and a, a surprise at the end. But when I wrote, after I wrote this one, um, Eve has a very small part in this. So I really didn't get to know her that well. She just plays a small part in this book. But for what some reason, she was the next one to write the book, to write a book about. And um, I really got to know her well, because the whole book was about Eve. And when I write my books, I don't plot them. I, I'm a prankster, and I just sit down, and I actually wait for the characters to talk to me. I have no idea how the book's going to unfold. I don't know how it's going to end. With Eve, this, that's, this one right here, this is Eve. I tried to plot it and it went in totally the opposite direction. Uh, my goal was Eve is an ex-girlfriend of Slater. That is where Eve comes into the story. She's, mm. Eve, she's Slater's first love. Slater is now with Sabella and he talks about Eve in the past of how he was hurt by her. And I thought, well, Eve needs her own, own story. And my my idea was, well, Eve's going to come back and try and win back Slater. That was mm -hmm. going to be the premises of my book. Well, no. <laughs> that was nothing what happened in the book at all. Eve has a huge, huge secret. And she puts an offer to Slater and Sabella that they really cannot refuse. But it also might jeopardize the relationship. So it's, will they take this offer from Eve? Why is she why is she making this crazy offer to them? But she has no intentions of winning back Slater. And then at the end of the book, you uh, it all unfolds of you know her secret and why she did all this. So it was quite a surprise. <laughs> mm, it sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed writing it because I had no idea about Eve's secret. I thought she was just going to, you know, try and win back Slater. But. You know, yeah, are doing that. <laughs> one of the things you said, I don't know if you caught yourself saying it, but you said when Eve wrote the book, I did. And I was like, you did. And, and I caught it and I was like, you know what? It's so right because they do write their they books. They really do. And, and it might sound, I mean, my, I told my husband this and he'd be like, what? Yeah. You know, but they really, really do. And I, you know, I thought Slater was just going to be a standalone suspense romance. And now I'm writing book five. So that didn't, and I, I honestly don't think I can write a standalone. I honestly don't think I can, because I'm a writer that even if I had the sub sub um, characters, when I finish the book, I know I want to know more about them. Well, how am I going to do that by writing a book about them and letting them talk to me? So I honestly, like my other series is supposed to be one book. Now it's three. And I also know now... <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to stop. I also know now that I'm going to do some short stories from that series, like spin-offs. Mm. So for me, I honestly don't think, because I always want to dig deeper and I always want to find out, 
you know, I met you here in this chapter, but where were you way back when before you came into the story? What happened to you then? Or where are you going after the story? I want to know. I don't want you to end. So I ended up writing about them. So Eve was the second book. And again, all the same characters are in the book. You get to meet them all. They follow, they follow along the story. They progress in the story. They grow in, um, grow in the story. But then after that was Claire. And that's this one. This one came out, um, I think, earlier this year. And these, um, what's his name? Travis. This is Travis right here. He used to be, I'm not giving any spoilers away. He used to be Jill's boyfriend. Travis used to be Jill's boyfriend. And this is all about the relationship between Claire and Travis. And of course, they have secrets that are revealed in the book. I don't want to give anything away. But this one for me is more of emotions. It carries a lot of emotions in the book because of the secrets that unfold and what they've been through. So even though there are some steamy parts, it focuses heavy on personal um, personal tragedies and they're unfolded in the book and you can really feel the emotions of both of them. So this is kind of a different romance and they grow because of what they learn of each other. Is it gonna make me cry, Tina? Um, it made a few readers cry, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. okay. Is it going to be after? I love, I love um, getting inside the characters' heads. Yeah. Trying to express exactly what they're feeling. Not just I'm feeling sad, but the body language yeah. of why someone's feeling sad. We carry ourselves so differently depending on how we feel inside. And I wanted to express that in my writing. So if someone feeling sad, it's not just I'm sad. I try to express with the way they're talking, the words they're using, their body body language. And yeah. um, I think it just gives so much more to the story. It really does. It does. It, it absolutely does. And you say, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm the same way my characters tell me what they're doing. Like, yeah. I don't pick what books I want to write or what characters they just I'll be sitting there and something to come in my head and say, Hey, do this now. And I'm like, okay, here I go. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, if I'm writing and all of a sudden it just goes blank, like they stop talking to me, I leave. I don't try and I don't just sit there and wait and like, come on, I'm waiting. I, I walk away. I just walk away yeah. and I go do something else. And then I'll, I'll get a little twinkling of something that's going to happen in the next chapter. So, oh, she's talking to me again. You know, <laughs> But yeah. I don't go back right away. I just let it start unfolding in my head. And then maybe an hour or two later, if it's not too late, then I'll go back and try writing again. But if it comes to a complete abrupt stop, I don't know what I'm going to write next. I don't fight it. I just walk away. And that's, then with Jill, that's what I had a problem with this one. This is the last, not the last one, but the, the latest one that came out. This came out just this month. Yeah, oh, I was going to say that was recently, huh? Yeah, Jill. This one, uh, when a lot of readers have said this, Jill is sassy, she's spoiled, she wants everything her way. And I found this out writing four books with her in the stories. And I'm, when I found out that she's telling me she wants a home book, I'm like, this is not going to be a good book. Everyone doesn't like you. Because she is the character that, you know, we always have that one character, like, she's annoying, we don't like her. What can I possibly write about Jill? What can possibly, can I make this into a story that readers are going to like? And when I told myself I was going to write Jill, I'm like, oh, God. But it took me, I'm going to say a month before she actually spoke to me. 
Mm. I, I knew I needed a book about her, but nothing was coming, absolutely nothing. And I just let it take its toll, but I said, I've really got to get this book going. <laughs> but I had nothing. And then suddenly she, in the, within the third chapter, it came to me why she didn't want to tell me or talk to me. And I'm not gonna say why, but something happened. And, and this might sound crazy, but something happened in the book that totally took me by surprise. And I thought she was preventing it from happening. That's why she wasn't telling me right away. She wanted to procrastinate on this event because it's, it's not a good thing what happened. Oh. So in my mind, she was just stalling because once it's written, it's happened. Oh, oh, I'm dead <laughs> right now. So <laughs> you've killed me. You've killed so me. Anyway, that's what that's what I got from the starting of writing yeah. the book. And then you know it kind of what happened. The um, what happens really takes you inside Jill's head of yeah. how she's been. And anyways, I won't take too much away, but it's it's a really eye opener. This book on how people you know life events can change someone. Yeah. So, you know what? I just think I fell in love with her as a person, though, because yeah, she, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't like when I was writing her in the other books. I'm like, that would have spoiled B I T C H. You know, and then I found out that she had an obsession with pink. I didn't know that, but she does. <laughs> oh, my God. You know yeah, what? She. She actually sounds like my daughter because my daughter is very bossy and Someone very else said that too. And then I'm writing what I thought was going to be the final book in the series, book five. And that one's called All of Us. And I just got the cover back a week ago. I'm not going to reveal it yet, but I thought this was going to be the last book in the series, but it looks like there's going to be more. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So, we'll see. You know, we'll see. So if the characters come to you and talk to you, have they always been in the romance genre or have you wrote in other genres? No, um, the romance genre, I when I did Slater, I just something I always wanted to try. I just, I like, I read romance. I read uh, suspense romance. I don't read dark romances. Mm -hmm. They don't know nothing for me, but I do like, you know, a love story with a hate with a happy ending. And that's what I wanted to try. But my, my debut novel, which is Reckless Beginnings, is based on true events. Oh, and it's wow. based on my life. Basically, 99.9% .9 in the book is happening in my life. The only thing that has changed is people's names and maybe mm -hmm. a town or two. But everything in the book happened. And Reckless Beginnings, which is this one, this one right here, this is, this is my debut novel in 2018. And... It takes it, it pretty much follows my life from when I came well a little bit starts in England when my parents divorced. But the reason why I wrote this book is when I moved to the States, I had the dream, you know, the American dream, the suburban family lifestyle, you know, everything I, that's what I wanted. And if anything was to in, interrupt that dream, I ignored it. I was in denial. Well, back in I wanna say the early eighties, I found my life being dictated by a herring addict. And I lost all um, my directions in life. I lost my self-esteem. I was controlled. Um, I, you know, I was just a mess. And I, I came to the conclusion at the time is that I believed his needs were more important than mine. Mm. And I went so when we had bookstores. You know, I went to the bookstores and I tried to find books written by women that were going through what I was going through, being controlled, being with a herring addict. How did they cope? What did they do? 
but I didn't find one book. All I found were books for the addict on how to get clean, how to stay sober, but nothing for the person living with the addict that didn't do drugs. And that's a totally different point of view and a total different point of survival. And I gave those people a title called The Silent and Forgotten One because in the media, you don't hear about them. You hear about the addict, you hear about the rehabilitation centers. But what about the person that's living? And it couldn't just be a wife or a mother or sister. It could be the father. It could be a daughter. It could be anyone that this book could be related to. So what I ended up doing was writing the book about my experiences, but I did it not as a memoir. I wanted to write it as a fiction based on true events mm -hmm. because memoirs are mainly written in first person, I, 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 I. So I didn't think a reader would connect because it's my story. But if I wrote it as a fiction in third person, I think mm -hmm. there's more connection because they're not just associating the events with me. They could associate with themselves. That's why I wrote it in third person. But it pretty much shows the struggles um, and, you know, what I had to deal with in order to, to win back my life. And that's how this book came about. And when I was done, when I finished the book, I knew there was more to the story because each book, and there's three books in this series, each one is a life lesson. And it's based on my life, but everyone goes through these lessons in life. And this is just my outcome on, you know, anyone can do what I did. <laughs> but this is a life lesson on, you know, we all have choices in life. You don't have to settle. And that's what this focus is on. Don't settle and we only live once to make the rest of it. You know, if you're not happy, do something about it. Don't 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 settle. We only get one chance at life, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, gotta, you know, I I have this song that um, it's by one, I believe it's by One Republic, and it's called "I Lived." And it says, "No matter what, just remember that I lived. I've lived this life 100 percent." Mm -hmm. That's why I tell everybody, I I live. I I don't. I mean, I lived for so long with regrets. I refuse to do it anymore. Yeah. So, exactly. wow. That's yeah. amazing. You know, my sister um, was on drugs for over 25 years. She was a, a, a drug addict. And in 2019, we sat down and we wrote her book, uh, a, a, An Addict's Journey Home, The Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, and it was, we were, her journey through her addiction and me hearing it for the first time because I left at the age of 19 when she was going through her deepest part of addiction. Oh, wow. and, and that was one of the reasons why I left because um, all of the drugs and all the violence that was at home. So I mm -hmm. left to go into the military. So I think that you're absolutely right. The, the, the family members that go that are alongside the addict, their voice never gets heard. So I think that's mm -hmm. fantastic that you, you, brought that in for people to see from a fictional standpoint because you're right um people you know it, it's easy to to hear the story but sometimes you don't always want to listen to somebody else sometimes you just yeah. want to escape but mm -hmm. yet relate escape right, but that's relate. Why i you know i didn't call her tina her name is tammy in the book yeah yeah and you know it's not about well it is about me but yeah in a third yeah. person well, I wanted more relationships, though. But, yeah, that was the first one. And when I got done with that, you know, people were asking me, what happened to Tammy after Breakfast Beginning? Ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Book two is coming out. And oh. that's when I wrote. This is one that won the award last year. 
it won the gold medal for uh, best fiction adventure and readers' favorite. So that was quite an honor. And mm. this one um, is pretty much my editor calls it the sweetest love story, which I thought was really cute. The sweetest love story mm. because it's when I met my husband. Um, we are still together, 27 years, I think. But he introduced me to the um, crazy life of commercial fishing. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be a commercial fisherwoman. But he took me on a boat for the very first time. And the very first time he took me fishing was for sharks, Mako sharks. That was my first time on a boat. But I fell in love with the ocean and the freedom and just everything about it. So then I quit my job and um, became a commercial lobster fisherman. And we fished together for, I want to say 10 years. And it was the most brilliant times of my life. And this is all about that. And it's an, again, it's another book with a lesson. And it's pretty much, if you put your mind to it, you can pretty much do anything. You really can. You know, mm -hmm. I, I entered an industry that is dominated by men. You know, and I got little snarky comments like, oh, she's not going to last the season. And my first reaction was, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, and, and it was just that. And it, and it took some time to gain the respect by not effing up and showing that, you know, I can carry this job just as, because it is a hard way to make a living. It really is. I yeah. never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> but the rewards are fantastic too. And you get to work out on the ocean with no one around and freedom. You know, the only, I mean, there's a few downsides and one of them was I was away from my son a lot because mm -hmm. I couldn't take him fishing. He was six years old. So I was separated from my son because we spent seven to 10 days out at sea. Wow. So it's not like I came home every day. So that was really hard. But yeah, this is a really fun book to write. I really enjoyed writing it. It brought back a lot of memories and it just tells women, you know, if, if the, you know, if you've got a goal to do something, just go do it, just go do it. And that's, that's what this one tells you. So. Man, you've got some fantastic storylines. Goodness gracious. Tina. This, this one I and this is the one because there's a lot of, there's a lot of fishing tales in this book. I mean, yeah. I tried it. I mean, love you said it's, it's a comedy romance too, because some of the stories in there, you just me busting up laughing. Some of the stuff we did, and I don't want to give too much away, but there's a scene where, you know, a big giant 800 pound seal ends up on our boat. Oh my word. Anyway, the whole scene is just hilarious. And I couldn't put every fishing tale in this book. It would be a thousand page book. So what <laughs> I've decided I'm going to do is a spinoff and it would be better endings outtakes. And it'll, it'll be a short story of one fishing event and then when I get five, they'll come out on Kindle every month. Then when I get five or six together, I'll put them together as a collection of short stories and another paperback. So that's mm. what I'm going to do to give it more, more fish tales. So that's the plans for this one. Uh, romantic comedies are my favorite. So if yeah, you get me something that's like quirky, <laughs> romantic, and funny, I will not sleep at night. This, I, will I, I laughed at some of the scenes and I, when I was writing this and I was laughing so hard, I had to just stop because my eyes were watering. And then my husband read the book and he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then we'd sit for an hour after we read that paragraph reminiscing on that event when it actually happened. So it was a lot of fun to write. It really was. <laughs> it sounds like all of them were fun to write. And I think I'm going to have a great time reading them because I love the premise of all of them. I mean, it's just fascinating. I mean, even the, you know, the real life turned fictional, just the, yeah. the fascination yeah. with the the premise of it and how you know helping folks overcome and then 
the love story and then the the full fictionalized love story though i have those on kindle already but i didn't know yeah. about the other two you just well, surprised there's one more there's this one this is the this is the final book in the tammy mallow trilogy and okay. this one too won the gold medal this year it just got the award last week wow congratulations so it won two years in a row better endings won last year and then the reunions which is book three won the gold medal this year for fiction adventure so i'm really pleased with that i just Look found out you. last week but again this is tammy and again another strong this one every, i'm gonna say 80 percent of the readers said in the review have tissues <gasps> I'm warning you. And I have to say too, when I wrote it, I had tissues. That's because it it was like open a Pandora box. I knew it had to be written, okay. but it was really hard to write. And it is based on my life and everything did happen in the book. And this one focuses, I have two sisters that are the two, um, two years older than me and they're identical twins. When my parents got divorced, <laughs> my parents got divorced um, one of the twins moved to the stage of my dad because my mother couldn't handle her. The other one stayed in England. And I mean, the long story short is I came to the States. Um, we were separated for over 30 years before seeing each other again. I but that's not, that's not the basis of this story. The other story is my mother. Um, she hadn't seen her daughters all together in one room for 30 years or over 30 years. So the whole premise of the story is can the sisters get together and do the moms one last, not one last, but one wish um, of having her daughters in the same room? And that's what, and, and at the beginning of this book, I'm still fishing too, which is another reason why the sisters aren't getting together because I'm out too busy on the ocean. Yeah. You know, so it's that's a life lesson. And this one talks about, um, focuses on the consequences of procrastination. And don't and I, I actually quote Benjamin Franklin in the back in the front, don't put off, you know, tomorrow what you can do today. Yeah. You know, and that's a very important life lesson. And this is a very emotional book. So warning. Goodness <laughs> gracious. I have one author, KK Weekly, who writes horror books, who's trying to make me pee my pants, and I've got you over here <laughs> trying to make me cry. That's right. And I'm like, oh my goodness, maybe I maybe I shouldn't read all these books now I'm joking no I have to like there's they just call my name but I know I like that um wow I, I've got to read them like you just have books that call to you so how do you I know you write full-time now that you're retired but do you how many hours do you think you spend a day on average Actually, I I have another business that I do work too Okay. Yeah, I'm not a full-time. My goal is to be a full-time writer. Wow. Uh, not yet. Um, I also am a professional organizer, and I have clients, and I go organize all the files or whatever, and I spend about 30 hours a week on that business. So in between that is when I write. So I do have another business with about 50 clients that I have to take care of, and I have a calendar schedule with them five days a week, Monday to Friday, and my work day with my other business is usually about mm, nine till one, something like that. Huh. So, and my my writing time, I I'm sure many have heard this before, but I set my goal is I have to write a thousand words a day, Monday to Friday. It doesn't matter if I write two hundred in the morning, and then the other eight hundred at night, 
or 400 in the morning or none in the morning, but my day is not over until I have a thousand words written. If I go beyond that, it's fine. It's great. I'm on a roll, I can, but I cannot go to bed until I've written a thousand words. And that is my, the way I discipline myself is writing. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, yes or no, it doesn't really matter. I don't really discipline myself, but if the house is quiet, hubby's out and I'm not busy, then yeah, I'll sit down and do, you know, do some writing. But Monday through Friday, I have to do that. Like this morning before I went to work, I went to work today. Um, I think I did 400 words, 450 words. Mm -hmm. So before I go to bed tonight, I have to write that other 550. And it might be I'll be done by 11 and go to bed early. I'm still struggling at 2 a.m. I'm not going to bed until those thousand words are written. And that's kind of how I discipline myself. <laughs> oh, my word. I couldn't. Like, there's days that I can't. I'll open up my computer. I have my, this is my office. And then I go into the living room and I have a little table uh, office that I put, you know, my recliner <laughs> and I'll open up my, I'll open up my laptop there. Cause I always have a computer next to mm -hmm. all the little places that I just in case something hits me. And there's just, sometimes I open it up. I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah. I, I have no discipline. I have squirrel sure. moments. I have bad squirrel moments. Do you ever get those that stop I you? I do. Except when my character don't speak to me, and I'm at 800 words. I'm like, come on, I want to go to bed. Say something. Talk to me. Yeah. And it's not that I will fight it. I would just close the laptop, and I will, or I'll do something else. I'll go into my group, or I'll, you know. But eventually, they will speak to me, and it, you know, maybe in 10 minutes or something. So I'm not just sitting under my screen waiting to write. Yeah. I'll go do something else, and then I'll, you know, when they're ready to talk to me, I will. But yeah, I'm very disciplined. About, you know, I my first book came out in 2018. I've written seven books, and it's because I disciplined myself. It'll be three years next month that mm -hmm. my when I wrote my first book. So in order to write those other six, and I'm, I'm almost done with the uh, book eight or seven books, I really had to sit down and discipline myself. So. Mm. What advice would you give other authors who want to have that discipline or want to write a book for the first time and just don't know where to start? The one thing I always tell writers is write every day is the main thing. Just write every day. And it doesn't have to be your book. It could be anything. It could be what you did today. Just get into the practice of writing and improving your writing. And the other thing I say is when you read, change your reading habits don't just read the book, but read a book like an author. And I did that straight away. I, and I didn't even notice it at first. I'm an avid reader like you. But when I started writing a book, I now read books a lot slower. I mean, a lot slower. And I pay attention to detail. And if I'm engrossed in the book, and I mean, like really engrossed, I'll reread that paragraph or chapter. I'm like, why did that captivate me so much? What was it that triggered my attention? So I'll reread re paragraphs or sentences because it just, just got my attention. I want to know why. If I'm skimming over paragraphs, I want to know why. What is this paragraph lacking? You know, what has what are they missing that I'm not interested in what you're saying. Is it too much detail? I know you're in the in a farm or whatever, but do I really know to need not need to know that the trees are emerald green or brownish blue? You know, I don't need all that detail. Just get to the story. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just too much. <laughs> this is way too much detail. 
Sometimes you just got to leave it up to the reader to picture where you are. Just get to the story. But things like that, read every day, but read slower, pay attention to detail, and just write every day. If you don't have any words for the story you want to write, just write something. Write what your dog did today. Write what you did today. Look at a magazine. What helped me too is I, I pick up any magazine, find an ad or a person, and look at that picture and write about that picture in detail. Everything you see in that picture, write a paragraph about it. And it's really good practice for your own book. Or if you see a, a model or a person, look at their face, look at the jawline, look at the skin tone, look at their hair, and pay attention to it and write a paragraph about that person. Describe that person that you're looking in the magazine. And it's just great practice. You know, just do something every day to improve your writing. That's a good tip to, to write. That's, that is good practice. Mm -hmm. So what are you currently working on or have coming up? I'm working on book five of the Sabella series. It's called All of Us. I'm about two thirds of the way in um, and I'm liking the story. And my goal is to have it published by the end of December. Uh, we're in September now. I want to have it to my editor by the end of October. Mm -hmm. So I'm knuckling down, trying my cover's done. I'm glad. Woo. Um, but the editor is going to take, you know, six to eight weeks. So, yeah. you know, I got to get it to her ASAP. And then we'll take it from there after that. <laughs> and where can people find you if they want to read um, or just get in touch with you? Join I'm your all group? over the place. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, my books are all on Amazon. Uh, Tina Hogan Grant is my author name. And uh, paperbacks are, are sold everywhere. You can go to your local bookstore and order them and pick them up, um, all paperbacks, any country. I'm also on Instagram, my book, Read More Books, my Facebook author page, TikTok, uh, Twitter. I'm not on Twitter that much. I don't understand Twitter, and it's too political for me. <laughs> <laughs> and my website is tinahogangrant.com. Nice. I've had such a great time talking to you. And I know this is the last time because I'm going to be going over onto your group because I missed my puzzles today. So <laughs> um, I was busy with work stuff. But I want to give you the the some last words or some moments, anything that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure that the readers and audience uh, gets to hear from you before we end the show. I really can't think of anything. I mean, I've had a great chat with you. The only <laughs> thing I do want to mention is my cup on Anata that I do. Yes. Uh, that's every other Monday. I think I have one coming up on Monday. That can be, you can see that in my uh, on my author page, YouTube, or my reading group, Read More Books. And it's always on a Monday, 5 o'clock, and I have a guest author um, twice a month. And they're a lot of fun, just like yours. <laughs> is it 5 p.m. Pacific time? Yes, it is Pacific time, 5 p.m. Okay, so that's 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, yep. 8 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. Mountain Time. There we go. You got it. <laughs> I've had to learn all of that because when I have people come on my show, they're all like, well, what is it my time? And I've, no, I've got it gets, it a handy so phone. <laughs> I know I have authors that come in and do takeovers on Tuesday. And I have to keep reminding them, you know, you're on an 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you need to post accordingly from back east time. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um I did that on by the author Beth Hildebrand's um 
group because that's the other group that I actually still stay in. All oh, the okay. other groups I'm in, but I don't really talk. But your group and her group are the ones that are great groups cultivated to the point where I'm like, I really like these people. Like they're my <laughs> they're my folks, you know. I love um, that. I do. I and uh, and I uh, did uh, author spotlight, and I was like an hour behind posting everything, and I was like, yeah, oh, I probably should have asked you that it was Eastern because she's Eastern Standard Time, and I totally. I totally failed. <laughs> it really gets confusing. When I do takeovers too in the back east, if I'm on at six o'clock, I've got to remember I post my time three o'clock. It's like, why can't we all be the same time? <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish. Well, I have had a great time having you on today, Tina. I've, I love having conversations with people and getting to know them just a little bit more outside of the groups where we're just chatting through mm -hmm. a little, you know, typing and everything. Um, I love what you do. I love how you connect with people and how you just bring them in and wrap your arms around them. You really do. And so does everybody in your group. Everyone's so welcoming and friendly. There's none of the stuff that you get in some of the other groups. So thank you for cultivating that thank wonderful you. place where I feel like I'm at home. They're a great bunch of people. I really enjoy it too. So thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, everybody, this is it for tonight. Uh, but we have some other shows coming up next week. Don't forget to join us back here next week on Tuesday for another Meet the Author. Thanks for being here with us. We had a full week this week. We had Vicki Esther Chang on Tuesday, the Bombshell Book Review that was reviewing Alaska Inferno by Lolo Page. And tonight we had Tina Hogan Grant. We have the magazine coming out on October 5th. Don't forget that it is available on Amazon. You can read issue one that came out in July. It is still up there. You do not want to miss all the fantastic things. And you can check us out on theauthorsporch.com. And Friday 5 is up, so you can go and get your five tips to help you in your author career. We appreciate all of you for being here, and we will see you next time. Until next time, my friends. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye, you. Tina. Talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you.